Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. Robbie, we spoke about uh, a fortnight ago's yeah. grand finals, some interesting results and, and much of the sameness in some of the other grades. We're going to go through the club reviews, but something that I want to mention very quickly was the under-18s grand final. So yeah. we're going back a little bit now. That was two weeks ago exactly. And that was one of the best games of junior footy that I have seen in a long, long time. I didn't even know that the under-18s grand final was on the Friday night. I thought it still had that same Saturday set up. But after being there in attendance, gee, the atmosphere was crazy. I think they should keep that Friday night time slot. I don't know if you feel the same. But it was a very good game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good game. I think it was a good game in the, in the sense of the atmosphere and, and the um, just the relationship between the two sides. I think standard-wise, I thought it was a drop-off from previous years. Yeah. But, um, but the excitement and the excitement finish. was great. Well, it's got to be a lot better than two years ago when I coached and we were at the back at number two over oh, yeah. midday Saturday. That was just a stupid yeah. decision well, from the NTFL. I played in a flag and it was at 9, 9 a.m. Yeah, so like no that, that stuff. Friday night footy for the under-18s, just in general, is a, is a massive plus, I think, and starts the weekend off right. And, I, and we like to go watch that. It's, you don't go watch it for the physical aspect. You go watch it for the pace, don't yeah. we? And it was a great win from uh, Jimmy Arata. St. Mary's was certainly the favourites going into that grand final and choked a bit. I think um, they were the favourite and still about two minutes to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they missed that. And you've got to remember also that they missed that shot running mm. into open goal, which hit the post. It doesn't yeah. get any closer than that. So, very disappointing. I think that's Jared Livingston's fourth grand final loss in a row. So, um, and he's moved away to Melbourne now. So, um, yeah, disappointing for him. But at St. Mary's under-18s group, now that, that's four grand finals in a row they've been in. So, it's been, so that we should start to see some of those players filtering into the Premier League soon. Mm. I was saying to Jacob Andre last week that that finish to the grand final, had that goal of went through, would mm. have surpassed Leo Barry and some of the other great grand final moments I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen. He took about three bounces, a few don't argues. It would have been the ultimate hero story had that goal oh, of went definitely. through. But the hero instead was uh, a young man by the name of Dwayne Kiranua who kicked all five goals. Um, gee, I tell you what, I know... I know you, you you get shot down here if you try and mention poaching and stuff like that. But if I was a new Premier League coach or coaching a team like a Palmerston or something like that, I'd be inquiring about what what Dwayne Kiranura as a zero pointer is doing next year. Young eighteen year old coming through, he certainly showed yeah. a lot of Premier League traits. Yeah, definitely. And looking at his schedule, he only played what the one or mm. two Premier League games. He is a zero pointer. Um, obviously, he's one of those players that Tiwi going to have to try keep and um, develop. He's going to he's definitely going to need a lot more town based football. Um, I thought the match up on him from St Mary's was the wrong match up. Yeah, um, I think the guy that played on him, um, Fondu, I think his name was, has just had the pace for him, but not the smart. So I would have put a mm. Nick Stefanakis on him, or even an Isaiah Baldock, perhaps, or someone a bit smarter um, down back onto him. And I think he needed that respect of a seasoned footballer, not someone who's sort of new to football. Yeah. Um, and that matchup got found out. So um, kicking the five, all five of the Waratah goals, it was deserved it best on ground. And I thought the free kicks were there. Um, yeah. Same as on the social media put up stuff uh, that I thought it was, was negative. I thought that, sh that those posts shouldn't have been put up. Um, and everyone's seen him as well. And I ran into Jimmy Arata yesterday and, at the coffee shop, and he actually said that he's seen it as well. So, yeah. you know, here's what it is. Yeah, though. we don't have to bring all of that stuff up. But honestly, the only goal, the only team that I thought was robbed of a goal on that night was, was the Waratah one, that big kick out of the out of the middle where they played a hold in early in the game oh, in the second yeah. quarter. So, yeah, that was poor. And, and it was a low-scoring game here, so it's not about highlighting a single thing, but if you're going to go on about how the umpires cost you, and, and they'll argue that that, weren't, that wasn't their words, but it was their sentiment. Mm. Um, you know, I well, think you've got to look both they, ways. So. Yeah. 
There you go. Yeah. Hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the NTFL clubs that we haven't touched on yet in our reviews. Let's go with Nycliffe. So they've been out of the comp for a little while now. Um, a bit of an ageing midfield, if I must say. You've got Brody Philo and Sean Wilson, who are still two of their better players. Um, they're in their early 30s. Cameron Islet was probably the best player of the final series, just about for the Tigers, um, and he's nearly 40. Mm-hmm. Do Is that a problem for Nycliffe? Can they just reload and recruit and, and then be thereabouts again next year, or is a little bit more to it than that? Uh, for me, Clark, it's a no. Um, so I think this year was their free hit mm-hmm. to go out. They, they don't have anything to prove to anyone. Um, and I think I think this year, you know, you bring in Hamish Hartlett and they brought in recruits that probably weren't as high level as they expected, but they all still were Premier League standard players. And they're on a, I think their bottom end is what gets them. They've got no zero pointers. They've got mm-hmm. no... You know, and Boyo and um, Brown Dog are both aging as well, which is, you know, they're not going to get any younger, these guys. Mm. Um, judging from what I'm hearing, um, they will go again for a top three spot. So do you see them being that side next year? Look, I'm a big believer, and this is the ultimate sit-on-the-fence comment, but mm. I'm a big believer, whether it's AFL or NTFL, that things can change more than people think. Mm. So just because you can't see, you know, a final spot for, say, using Wanderers, for an example, or Palmerston or, or something, or you couldn't see, say, Bus winning a flag next year, I think all these things can happen. So I'd be silly to rule out Nycliffe, but I think they need to make changes, whether it's the way they are coached and then their style of football or the personnel. It's got to be one of the two. I don't think they can go in with the attitude of, oh, they were, they were nearly there this year because I think ultimately they were a fair way off it this year. Mm. Um, I think faster, younger teams can exploit them. I think they need gradual improvement, uh, which we saw this year, but of Quinn and Politas, the rising star winner and, and players like that. And below them, I'd love to see uh, players like Phoenix, Joe Poole and Adrian Scott play more and more senior footy. Yeah. I watched those both in the under-18s and there's plenty of talent there. But not only that, they offer what the Nycliffe senior team don't have and that's a lot more pace and, and a bit more flair and, and that local style of football that potentially they've been criticised for over the last couple of years, being a bit more of a slower sort of southern team, which has mm-hmm. worked for them, mind you. Um, but yeah, they, they lack a little bit. Like when they won that flag, I think one of those years they won a flag, their midfield was something like Don Brew, James Cheetahs, maybe maybe they were in different years that year, but you're talking mm. about the calibre of those guys, both of which coincidentally have left the club now, mm. but gun state league types that come in and, and have a really, really big impact on the club. You know, Philo and Wilson and Islet, it's much of the same. I think I think they mm. need something either on top of that or they need to change up the style drastically and bring in more youth and a bit more speed. Yeah, if, if I'm putting my coach's hat on, Clarky, and let's just say if I was coaching them next year, I'd be going with a play up, sort of a um, rebuild sort of model next year mm-hmm. um, I would start to play some local kids they're not getting the same money in from the social club as they have previously so the recruitment has been limited they've got some good players in the um, Prem's reserves I'd have those guys playing um, getting their points down and they're young fellas they're 2021 so mm-hmm. building those guys up to zeros get games into Quinn um, Stanley Cox Politas keep that development and then you've got the other fellas in Phoenix Joe Poole um, and Adrian Scott as well I'd be getting games into those kids but it doesn't sound like Nycliffe want to do that it sounds like Nycliffe are straight away talking about recruits and that sort of thing and so they're going for that top spot again um, and another premiership window but I don't see it happening personally and I think they'll finish fourth and fifth and make up the numbers next year. Is there such thing as a real rebuild in territory footy? How does that look in reality? Mm. Because obviously you've got um, like the Hawthorne situation in the AFL where they've gutted their side and played kids. Could you do something like that in territory footy or does it need to be done a little bit more differently than the traditional yeah, it definitely needs to be done a bit more differently. They need to get some more um, players up here to lower points, though. 
and they've got a points issue. They've got guns sitting in the mm. Premier League reserves. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's, they've got a massive point issue. And recruiting more Southerners, more people that are points, isn't going to help that. So no. I think they need a quick little rebuild. Just get some games into kids and tell them, oh, we'll give you one season of games or two seasons of games, and then we're going for another flag. So make them develop and then develop all those zero-pointers to make it competitive again. Yeah, you talk about guns in the Premier League reserves. I agree. Mm. I think we were watching at Nycliffe Oval when I believe it was that Deepa Squally who was mm. playing just about his first game of the season and was one of the mm. better players on the ground. Yep. And I was wondering why he hadn't played a lot of footy because that didn't look like a Premier League reserves mm. player out there um, on that afternoon, that night. So, yeah, interesting predicament the Tigers are in. We will go through them a little bit more yep. and go through the other clubs as well. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SCN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Hey, we were just talking footy cards with young <laughs> Seb Hale, and I was saying I wasn't much of a footy card kid um, when I was younger. And what are you, Rob? Are you a footy card kid? Yeah, I definitely was. I used to steal them from the news agency. So that was Jeez. my little hobby. Um, but yeah, I did get caught one day, so I stopped. Yeah, no, that yeah, sounds a bit like you. Criminal behaviour. Um, hey, we were going through Nyclis review and some very interesting insights from you, a guy who is a former Tiger himself um, and your old great. man. Yeah, old man coached the team as well, um, Damien Hale. So well, let's do a bit of a rating. Where did you see their season out of 10 um, and where to for next year? Uh, yeah, I've seen their rating probably a five, to be honest, because which is stiff because they did play finals and win a final. Mm-hmm. But... They went back for that premiership. They went for a top three finish. They would have expected to be week three at least of the finals, I thought, um, with the way they recruited as well, and um, they didn't do that. Um, I'm not sold on them for next year with them going for that heavy recruitment. Um, I probably, But I still think they're going to be good enough to finish fourth or fifth next year. I'm probably more thinking fifth or sixth, though. Yeah, I probably have them a little bit higher than what you do. I Mm. would have them probably a six out of ten, but I don't disagree with any of your points I think it's a bit subjective but you're right they went for a flag and they were just about middle rank you know finishing mm. fourth out of out of nine so they'd be a touch disappointed um, mm. and definitely be a yeah I don't think it'd be a seven or eight out of ten definitely a, a six out of ten or a five uh, next year I do I'm probably a little bit more optimistic I think that sometimes the team that wins a flag of the teams that are that are put together the best or managed really well off the field mm. um, obviously a points issue is a concern for them at the moment but if they can get that right and get the bulk get the players they want to come up that are that aren't three or four pointers um, mm. and then top up with a bit of cream on top top up with a bit of class to help out Philo and Wilson and Islet and these older fellas. Um, I think they could definitely be in contention for a flag if, if Waratah and Districts drop off. So I think St Mary's are the big unknown, which we'll get to next. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. I'm obviously sitting on the fence a little bit here. I'm going to tip that they come third or fourth next year. Yeah, my prediction's fifth or sixth, but also, look, I think Bucksy's would will be going around again next year, from what I'm hearing. Um, how that goes with the group? Does Cameron Islet retire? Do they? There's issues. Do they want to move on Brody Philo? Do they want to go a new direction with Brody? Um, there's like there's lots of little things going on at Nycliffe that I'm hearing. I think Brody's gettable from other clubs. Is yeah. it going to distract the group spending six months in Cairns? I think so. The... so. That's another thing to factor in. He's going to be in Cairns and get back in October. I think Dave Barnard probably runs this preseason for him and Cameron Islet perhaps, but. I think that's somewhat unsettling for mine, and that's why I've got them fifth or sixth. I just, I just think they're probably around that, um, and they might finish as high as fourth. But I think they're a bit off top three, aren't they? Perhaps. Yeah. Plenty more to come here with the 
reviews. We will talk about St. Mary's, Districts and Waratah. More to come later on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Hondarwin, finding a place to write your next chapter.